to us. God is so good to us, and we still get to be here, and you may be seated. For those of you who are online, tell someone good evening, and you can just throw up a shaka to somebody here. This is our family. This is our ohana, so we get to be here tonight. Uh, we do want to say thank you for joining us online, too, and even for our volunteers who do what they do. We get to do this so that people can find Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that we have Pastor Ben Urbanozo tonight who's going to share with us the Word of God. Some of us need a firm foundation to build off of, and so he's going to share with us tonight. Can we welcome up Pastor Ben as he shares the Word of God? Thanks, Pastor Sheldon. Woo! What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? And if I didn't get a chance to tell you earlier, Happy New Year. It is still January. We're halfway, or more than halfway through January, but it's still a new year. And so Happy New Year. Hope everything is going well for all of you. And you know, Pastor Sheldon did say tonight we're going to focus on building a firm foundation. Now, if you know me, I guarantee you, you didn't know this about me. That when I was about in fifth grade, sixth grade, I actually wanted to be an architect. I wanted to be a carpenter. I wanted to be an architect. I remember uh, I would go home and I would draw out how I want my future house to look. I think many of us, when we're kids, you probably do that, right? You dream about what your house is going to be when you get older. And for some reason, when you're young and you, you, you dream about your future house, you don't even think about finances. So you just dream, right? And so I remember I, was, I would draw, and uh, I remember drawing the, the blueprints of my dream house. And my dream house, when I was in fifth grade, would have a game room filled with all, you know, the game consoles and, thing, and arcade games so I could have fun in there. And then I'd have a, another game room where I'd have pool table and all these other things. I'd have a movie theater in my room, in my house. I'd have a fat kitchen that you just could cook anything and everything in it. I'd have a, a, a living room with multiple TVs. And now this is back when I was in fifth grade. This is over decades ago. And when you think about having many TVs, it's those big, big TVs, you know, the things that was attached to the floor almost. And I remember dreaming of wanting those things. And, and I remember uh, doing all that. And the reason is I had a cousin of mine who was more like a brother to me growing up. And he, at that time, when I was in fifth grade, I believe he was uh, going into college and he was, master, he was getting his, uh, his degree in carpentry. And so I remember that kind of inspired me. And so I started drawing. I would draw the outside of houses. In fact, I will never forget, he gave me this big book that had all the layouts, all blueprints of how to draw and how to be an architect. And so I remember this one time, I showed him, hey, cuz, cuz, hey, check this out. Look at my dream house. Like, check all the rules. Look at all the stuff that's inside. And he was like, oh, hey, that's really awesome. But, but let me ask you a question. What are you going to build it on top? Huh? No, no, no. Look, 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 look. Like, there's a game room. There's a movie theater. Look at all that. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but where are you going to build it? On the ground? On the ground right there? And he's like, you can't just build it on. A, you can't just build your dream house on the ground. Now again, I'm in fifth grade, okay, and I'm like, I'm just look, just check out my dream house, man. Look how awesome it is. And he's like, that's great. What are you gonna build it on? I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he's like, here's what I'm trying to get at. If you don't know what you're gonna build your dream house on then how are you going to know your dream house is going to last? 
Because if you don't know what the foundation on which you're going to build your dream house, no matter how many awesome rooms there, there you want to have, if you don't know what you're building on, it won't matter. And you know, it's interesting. It's the same thing with our lives. See, we all have dreams. We started this brand new year, and I guarantee many of us, we all started with having dreams and goals and ambitions and more, not just for this year, but for our lives. Many people spend their lives trying to achieve and build up their lives to the fullest. But the simple truth is that what we build on matters more than what we build up. You see, it's not what we build, but rather what we build on that's far more important. You see, Jesus knew this. And that's why he spoke this in Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. And he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. You see, we can try and build our lives, our dreams, our careers, our goals, our families, and even our faith on foundations that may seem Solid. But here's the thing. Did you catch that when what Jesus spoke in Matthew 7? Did you catch what he said? See, when I went back to read it, I didn't realize it until I saw it and I and I meant, wow, that is so mind-boggling. Did you notice that it doesn't matter what our foundation may be? The rain will come the floods will rise and the winds will blow. But it's the foundation that will determine whether what is built will stand. And that's the importance of building on a firm foundation. And tonight, we're going to establish three principles that help us build a firm foundation for our lives. And so if you're taking notes in your app or if you're just taking notes, the first thing is this. You want to build a firm foundation? You got to seek wise guidance. Seek wise guidance. In other words, if you want to build a firm foundation, you got to start off with faith. Now, when I mean seek wise guidance, this is what I mean. I love, I don't know if you can understand, I don't know if you can see this, but I love food. If you can't tell, zoom in. <laughs> I love food. Now, here's the thing. I love food, okay? And if I want to eat some patele, let me tell you, I know exactly where to go. My best friend knows how to make pateles because his grandma was the OG Full-on Puerto Rican. She knows how to make patele. 
And so she passed down the recipe to him. So when I need, when I need a really good patele, I know who to call. Or I call my next door neighbor because she makes awesome Puerto Rican food too. She makes awesome patele and awesome junta rice. If I want Hawaiian food, I know where to go. I know exactly if I want Hawaiian food, if I want really good Kalua pig, lao lao, chicken long rice, if I want squid luau, or if I know somebody that wants squid luau, I know exactly who to point them to. I point them to Pastor Charlie Kama. I know. I'm not dumb, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. See, this past Christmas, uh, I wanted to uh, keep our, our, our lunch light. So I said to Katie and my wife, I said, you know what? I'm going to just make Hawaiian food. And when I say I'm going to make Hawaiian food, I'm going to just try. I know I'm not going to be as good as Pastor Charlie's or everybody else that I know to go to. And so I remember uh, trying to make Kalua pig in the crock pot, which is not the way you're supposed to make Kalua pig. You use an emu. You know, I remember, uh, and here's the thing. Here's the best part. So it came down to where my stepdad, who was having uh, lunch with us for Christmas, he loves halpia. He loves halpia. Like, he'll go to restaurants, they'll bring him the dessert, uh, the dessert tray, and he'll just say, give me, like, 10 scoops of that halpia that you give with the other plates. Just give me that. He loves halpia. And so I figured, you know what? I'm going to try and make halpia. You know how I decided how to make halpia? I read the recipe on the back of the can of coconut milk. That was my guidance. Can I just tell you right out? The halpia didn't come out good. It did not come out good. I, I, took the, I tasted the first batch. There was not enough sugar. It tasted like I was just eating straight up cornstarch. Corn the, second, the second batch, I tried to add more sugar, and it tasted better, but it wasn't the quality that I know I get when I go to people that actually know how to make alpia. You see, here's the thing. I go to those people because they have wisdom to do those things. And when it comes to building our foundation for our lives, the best place to start is to seek guidance from the one that gives us life. You see, establishing a firm foundation for our lives begins with seeking the source and foundation of life, which is God. Genesis 2.7 says it like this, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. See, without God, we're nothing, just dust. But God created us. He formed us and he breathed his life into us. That's the foundation of us as living beings. But you know what's so amazing, too, is that God gives us a choice also. You see, we can choose to seek him, or we can choose to seek our own way or the ways of others. See, I could have easily said, you know what, I can call Pastor Charlie and ask him, how do you make your halpia? Because your halpia is delicious. But I chose instead to read the recipe off the back of a can. See, here's the thing. Our best will never come close to a sliver of God's good. Because God is not only good, but he's perfect. And when we choose to seek his wisdom 
and guidance, God begins to perfect in us a firm foundation for our lives to be built upon. He knows the plans that prosper us, that gives us a hope and a future. I mean, that's what he says in Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. But then he continues in verses 12 and 13. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You see, when we seek God and his wisdom, we start to build a firm foundation of faith because he is faithful. See, when we seek God, it it begins to move us closer, not only to God, but also to the purpose that he has for our lives. You know, just the other day, Katie and I were driving, and um, I think it was, was it Monday? Was it, I think it was Monday. And we were driving, and I told Katie, you know what, I just want to chill. Can we just go cruise around and chill? And so uh, Katie, being my wife, she knows exactly what that means. That means we're going to cruise down Kiokaha. And so we go cruising down Kiokaha, and, and uh, as we're driving, you got to take the back road because still get construction going on, right, in Kiokaha. And so <laughs> you take the back road, and so we're going there, we're going there, we, and we pull up right before, right uh, the same road as Kiokaha Market, and I look in front, and there's a site that I haven't seen for over two years. It's on cruise ship. It's like, whoa, I haven't seen that thing for two years because of the season that we've been in. And then Katie, I looked at Katie, and Katie just came in, and I told her, and we started talking about the cruise ship, about, hey, you know, I wonder what it's like and all this and that. And then I told Katie, you know what's interesting? I wonder what would have happened if years ago, years ago, I said yes. See, what happened was when I was about 20 years old, um, I had actually applied to work on the cruise ship. And it was interesting because I had just, I, you know, I graduated from high school. I, was going, I went to college for one year, and then I was like, I'm not for college. And so my mom told me, you got to go find a full-time job, or at least a job that has benefits. And so I did find a job that had benefits. I was working at Boys and Girls Club. And so I was working there, working there, working there. And then all of a sudden, I was like, you know what? I, I kind of want to go adventuring. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a young adult. I want to go do things. I want to go ch- uh, just, just check out and live my life. And so we had the opportunity where the Norwegian Cruise Lines were actually hiring for positions to work upon their cruise ships. And so me and a friend of mine, we, we, we went down, we, we applied, and we got hired. Now, bef- while this was all happening, I had started coming to church. I started uh, having a relationship with Jesus. And so I had that going, but I also had that wanting of, I want to live my life. I'm 20. Like, I want to live. Like, I'm a helo boy. I've been born and raised here. Prior to that, I never left the islands. And I was like, here's a chance where I can go work on a ship, where I can meet choke people, where I can, they're going to take us to, they're going to send us to Oahu, to the mainland, to even uh, Europe, to get training. I'm like, this is the, like, that's crazy. Like, when you're a local kid from Hilo, you're like, that's awesome. And you're going to pay me? What? Sign me up. Like, sign me up. And so I did. I, I was all ready, and I was all ready to go. And, and I remember going to my mom, and I, my mom was everything. And I thought, 
my mom is the only one that's going to tell me no. Guaranteed. Like, I'm her only son. I'm her only child. That woman ain't going to let me go. So I went to my mom, mom, I got, a, I got a chance, to, I got hired to work on the cruise ship. What do you think? And I'm expecting her to say no. And she actually said, whatever you want to do. I was like, mom, that's a dangerous statement you're saying right now. Whatever you want to do. She said, whatever you want to do. If you want to go work on the cruise ship, go. And I was ready. Like, I was looking forward to it. Again, I was a single young adult. And I was like, bro, I'm going to check out chicks on the ship. I'm going to get to live my life. I'm going to go crazy. But there was something that was speaking to me. And it was the Lord. And I remember the days were coming where we had to actually give our uh, confirmation of whether or not we're going to accept the position. And so I remember in my head and in my heart, I was like, I'm going. But there was something pulling me saying, but listen to this voice. Seek this voice. Because it seems like you want this. But there's that still small voice that spoke to me when I was a senior in high school when I heard the Lord say, I'm calling you to be a youth pastor. Loud and clear, he said it. Calling you to be a youth pastor. And when I was going through that, that time of going, okay, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. All I could hear was the Lord, all I could hear the voice say was, seek that voice. So I prayed. I said, okay, Lord, and I was still brand new. I was still kind of brand new to this thing with Jesus. And I was like, okay, Jesus, I'm going to be honest with you. I want to go. But you tell me if you want other things. And as you can tell, I stayed. I heard the Lord say, listen, you can go. You can choose your own way. But I'm telling you, my way is far, far. I didn't know it was gonna it was gonna end up with me having five kids. But can I be honest? My life may seem would have seemed better had I went that way. But I know for a fact, because I seeked his wisdom, my life is far more blessed because of him. See, that's why it's so important. You want to build a firm foundation. We gotta seek wise guidance. Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I didn't get to go to Europe yet, but I did get to go to mainland. I got married. I have kids. I'm blessed. Man, you seek the kingdom of God and it will all be added to you. The second thing is this. When you want to build a firm foundation, you got to use the right tools. You got to use the right tools. In other words, when you use the right tools, you build up your faith. Years ago, we used to do this thing every Halloween, every October 31st, we had this thing called Pumpkin Party. And Pumpkin Party was this event that we put on for our community where most of Hilo would show up. And what we would do is we would, in this sanctuary, we'd create this thing called live action theater where we'd actually share the gospel in a creative way where it was like a show that we put on. It was almost like we, like we tried to put on Disneyland for the gospel. 
we had games, we had hay rides, we had boat rides. And then we had this thing called the maze. And the maze is where we would set up, uh, we first started in the youth and children's area, I think, and eventually went to the courtyard. But I remember the very first time I was part of Pumpkin Party and I was part of the youth uh, ministry team that was building the maze in the youth wing. And we had, to, and basically all we did was we just grabbed wood, put it together, stuck it up, put visqueen, and we just created a maze for people to go through, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And so I remember this one time where I came up, uh, we were getting ready to build the walls for the maze. Now, I'm, can, I, can I be honest with you guys? I am a prideful guy, okay? In such a way where I'm going to act like I know stuff, but I really don't. One of the things that I act like I know is manual labor stuff. I do not know anything manual labor. I'm allergic to manual labor. When I do manual labor, things happen. Like I start to sweat profusely. I turn flush. I feel like I'm going to faint. So I try not to do it. But when it came to building the maze, I wanted to, because there's all these other guys who I looked up to, and they knew what they were doing. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to come up, and I'm going to build the maze. I have no idea how to build stuff. None whatsoever. Like, I'm the guy who has to read the instructions to build that shelf that you buy at Target that you kind of already know how to do, but I'm like, I'm, I'm so dumb that I'm afraid I'm going to do it wrong. So I read the instructions. And then, I, and then I find out, why do I have this extra piece? So anyway, so I came up, and I'm like, okay, so, so we went from building, just grabbing wood, putting it together, then we, then we went to uh, um, having these like, pieces of wood where we, we build frames. And so I was like, okay, shoots, I'm going to come up, and I'm going to help out. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to come up with a tool belt that I just bought from Walmart, never used in my life. Brought a, ha- brought a, brought a hammer, and I was like, okay, here we go. I'm going to do some work. I'm going to do work. And so I come up, and I'm like, okay, I'm getting ready because I've seen them do it last year. I'm going to do it like this this year. Okay, here we go. And so I start grabbing the screws, that they, the, the, the nails that they had, and I start pounding them into the, wall, into the wood. But I'm pounding, and I'm like, bruh, what is up with this nail? Bah, bah, bah. And one of the guys is like, Ben, bro, what you doing? Bro, I'm trying to pound this nail in. Brother, that's a screw. I know that. I know that. I, I, mean, <laughs> I just figured it would still work, right, if I keep pounding as hard as I can. Like, I was wondering how come I have grooves in this thing. And he's like, right, you know, see those always screw guns. You're the only guy here with a hammer. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to show you guys I'm tough. Yeah, 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 you know what? Just give me a screwdriver. Not a screw gun. Just give me a screwdriver. I'm going to just screw the screws into the wood with a screwdriver. And so sure enough, I grabbed my screwdriver. And I was like, ha! Can I just tell you the year after I was told just order pizza? That's my that was my job for the ne- the next year. Just order pizza for everybody, because I had no idea how to build a wall. I was dumb. Like I thought, a part of me knew it was a screw, but I was like, you know, I figure if I hit him hard enough and go inside the wood, no. And here's the thing, all joking aside, is oftentimes we can try and build things in our lives, but we're using the wrong tools. See, it's not only by using the right tools that we can build something that is structurally sound. Like, I'm going to be honest. If you ask me to build your house, don't. I can order pizza. <laughs> but 
But if we want to, if we want to build something that's structurally sound, we got to use the right tools. And just like how we wouldn't use screws, a hammer, and a manual screwdriver to build walls for a maze, we can't expect to use the wrong tools and equipment to build a firm foundation for our lives. So what are the right tools that help us build our firm foundation? 2 Timothy th- verse, uh, chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. See, that's why this right here, the Bible, is such an important tool that we need to use in our lives. See, God uses his word to speak to us. Several weeks ago, Pastor Jonathan shared that devotion is such an important, important part of our lives as we follow Jesus. And it is. Because along with prayer, it allows us to encounter and experience who God is. You see, God gave us his word not only to build a firm foundation, but to also build a relationship with the Lord that in turn builds our faith. If you're in a relationship, if you're married, you know for a fact that it takes work in a marriage, in a relationship. Nobody just ends up in a relationship this isn't elementary, like, oh, I like you, you like me. Okay, we're together, boyfriend, girlfriend. No, that's, that's, not, that's not a real relationship. No, a real relationship starts off with, hi. <laughs> then it's kind of awkward. Then you just share, oh, you, you, would you like to go, you know, to the movies? Then you go to the movies. You don't talk to each other, you just watch the movie. You're in the, you're in the, the same space. And then the next date, you say, oh, you want to go to... Would you like to go to dinner? And so you sit in front of each other, you see how they eat, and then you know for a fact that's not how they eat. They probably eat really messy at home. But then in front of you, they're going to eat. So that's the second date. The third date is when you go do something a little bit more adventurous. I don't know what that is, but... And then, and then you continue, 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 and then all of a sudden, you're eating together out in public. Both of you guys don't even use napkins, both of you guys is burping in public, trying to see who burps loudest. See, what I'm trying to get at is you have to build and grow. See, nobody can just come into a relationship and say, hey, I'm in a relationship with you. It doesn't work that way. If it doesn't work that way that way with us, it doesn't work that way with Jesus. See, when we spend time with the Lord... You might be brand new to this, and you're like, I don't even know what to read. Just read one chapter. What chapter? John. Where's John in the New Testament? Where's the New Testament? Brother, come here. I'll show you. Come here. You start off somewhere. And then watch what happened. Oh, that first chapter in John was pretty exciting. Pretty awesome. Let's see what the next chapter looked like. Oh, you have more than one book? Oh, and all of a sudden... As you're reading it, you're not just reading it. You're actually spending time with the Lord. And all of a sudden, as you live your life, as you're not only reading this, but you're applying it to your life, you know what happens? You find yourself in a relationship with God. 
To the point where now when you pray, you know exactly who you're praying to. See, I remember when I first came to know the Lord, I was in, and it was in high school. And the youth leader said, oh, we're going to do something called devotions. Now, when you're in high school and you're a teenager and you hear somebody say devotions, you're kind of like, what is that? But it's kind of, uh, what is that? Devotions. Like, wow, I don't, what, what is that? Because I'm going to be honest with you, when I first heard the word devotion, the, ter- the, the word devotions, I was like, what is that? That sounds scary. I'm brand, too, I'm brand new to this. What does that mean? And so they explained to me, no, we're just going to read parts of the Bible and then we're going to journal, we're going to write it down. What is it? What is it talk? What is it speaking to you? And then at the end of it, pray. Okay. And now, I mean, to be honest with you, I would not be where I am now in my relationship with the Lord if I didn't start with that. I needed those steps first. And I still need it now. Why? Because it allows me to grow in my relationship with the Lord. See, John 15, verses 47 says this. It says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. So you know what I love about that is when Jesus is saying, remain in me. Listen, he invites us to remain in him through his word and prayer. Coming to church is great. Listening to a message is great. Going on YouTube and listening to sermons online, that's great. Listening to a podcast is great. But it will never come close to re- be remaining in Jesus. Like, I do that. I watch videos. I watch sermons of other pastors preaching and other people and they're sharing their hearts. But every time I do, I come back to Jesus. Because it's in him that he calls me to remain. It's in him I want to grow a relationship with. Not the other pastors. Not these other Christians. I want to grow in relationship with him. Because I want to grow my foundation because of who he is. You see, if we want to build our lives on a firm foundation, then it's going to take us using the right tools to do so. When we use the Bible, when we begin applying it to our lives, when we spend time praying, conversing with the Lord, not just saying what we want from him, but also, Lord, what do you want for me? These tools become crucial in not just building our foundation, but also building a personal relationship with God in our lives. He invites us into an intimate relationship, just us and him to discover who he is on our own. Now, like I said earlier, uh, for most of my life, my foundation was not God. My foundation, really, was my mom. Single mom, widowed, widowed, only child. It was always just me and my mom. My mom was my foundation in most of my life. 
And when I came to know Jesus, it started to flip because as much as I love my mom, I understood that once and but truthfully, she couldn't be my foundation anymore. And so there's, you began this shift of, okay, Lord, I'm building my relationship. I'm spending time in your word. I'm spending time praying. I, I'm coming to service. Yeah, I'm serving. I'm, I'm allowing you to, to be growing and building in me this relationship that I see who you are. And so that foundation started to shift. But no matter how much it shifted, it was always, mom, I love, I love my mom is crucial. She's part, she was still part of my foundation, just not all of it. And I remember uh, years ago saying, the day something happens to my mom is the day I'm going to just straight up lose it. Well, last year, I lost my mom. In fact, next week, Thursday, will be one year since I lost my mom. And the craziest thing, and I know I've shared this all last year, and I'm sorry that I keep bringing it up, but I just want to share it because I want to be transparent and vulnerable if that's okay. Is when I was in Oahu, knowing that as much as I want the very best for my mom, part of that means I know she's not going to come back home here. I went after she took her last breath, and I was there in the hospital at Queens with her. I, I didn't know what to do. And so, you know, I I, I cried out to God. And God, in his amazing goodness, just covered me in his grace and love. Now, if I can be brutally honest, I wish I could say that's all I felt. But it wasn't. There was part of me that wanted to go and say, just lose it. And a part of me was like, I have every right to. I just lost my mom. I have every right to just snap. I have every right to just go ballistic. I have every right to go and do exactly what I said I was going to do when I said when I was younger, when I lose my mom, I'm just going to go nuts. I'm going to just go lose it. And the worst part about it was I was in Oahu. There's nobody with me, really, like in every single moment. And so I left the hospital. And I'm driving in Oahu. All these thoughts came to my head. Every thought. The bad, the ugly, the worse. But something told me that as you drive, you better put your phone on Spotify and listen to worship music. So I'm driving. And I'm letting these thoughts come to my head. And all of a sudden, there's a song that comes on. And we sing it here for worship once in a while. And it's called More Than Enough. And so I'm driving again. I have no idea where I'm going to end up. In, this is Oahu. I, I don't know where I'm going to end up. I find myself ending up in the parking lot of Walmart. And I'm just listening to this song. And all of a sudden, it says this. It says, fear could never conquer me. Because you already have. And it was in that moment I realized something. I didn't lose my foundation. I lost my mom. What started with me being 16 years old, opening this Bible and 
reading just one chapter and writing resulted in me years later on that very moment worshiping the Lord at my very worst moment in my life. See, when we use the right tools, God prepares us for those moments because he builds our foundation on him. And the last thing is this. You want to build a firm foundation? You got to trust the pro. You got to trust the pro. Live in faith. You see, seeking wise guidance and using the right tools is imperative in building a firm foundation. But perhaps the most important principle in building a firm foundation is discovering that it isn't in us. It's found in trust. You see, this is the most important and difficult part when it comes to building a firm foundation because of that word, trust. See, trust means to not be in control. Trust means to let go. Trust ultimately means to surrender. And when it comes to our foundation or our lives or everything in it, we tend to like it when it's in our hands. People ask me, or people have been asking the question, who's the greatest basketball player of all time? Now, you might have your own answers, but I'm going to share with you mine. My, the greatest basketball player in my mind is Michael Jordan. So for all you LeBron people, I still love you, but Jordan is the GOAT. And here's the reason why. Here's the reason why I share. This is why I believe Jordan is the, is the greatest of all time. It's because if the game is on the line, that's the guy I want to have the ball. If it comes down to two seconds left on the clock and one person has to shoot that basket, it definitely ain't going to be me. Because look at me. <laughs> I want to pass that ball off to Michael Jordan. In fact, a couple of years ago, um, I know there's NFL going on, you know, right now, and we're getting ready for the Super Bowl coming up in the next few weeks, and the playoffs are happening. And so uh, when I got into football, I was the kind of guy that I didn't get into teams. I liked the football player. And so when I got into the NFL, my favorite football player was Peyton Manning. So I love Peyton Manning when he was playing with Indianapolis Colts. And then he got hurt. He had to have surgery, and they released him. They, they, the Colts released him, and so Peyton Manning went to Denver Broncos. And so I jumped ship. I went from Colts to Broncos. Because I was like, I'm following Peyton Manning. He's, I, he's my player. And so I'll never forget the first year he played at Denver, he was on fire. It was almost like he was, he was showing everybody, hey, look, I still got it. But then they lost the Super Bowl, and they lost bad. And then in the years to come, you could see that although Peyton, to me, was still the best player, his arm, his strength in his arm was starting to deteriorate. When it comes to his very last year in Denver, and his arm, he's throwing, he's throwing passes that are completely ugly. In fact, it's so bad that Denver benches him. The Broncos bench Peyton Manning for their second-string quarterback, quarterback, Brock Osweiler. And Brock Osweiler does a pretty good job. He does such a great job that he gets them into the playoffs. But then comes the question of, Who's going to play in the playoffs? Are we really going to bench Peyton Manning? Or are we going to let 
Brock Osweiler continue and maybe get us to the Super Bowl. And I remember that whole discussion. I remember watching ESPN going, put Peyton in! Like, they can hear me. And so I'm like, put Peyton in. So sure enough, Denver puts Peyton Manning in and he plays the playoffs. And what happens? They win, they win, and they get to the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. They won that Super Bowl not because of Peyton Manning, but because of the defense. But I remember thinking to myself, I don't care how bad Peyton Manning's arm is. When it comes to that Super Bowl, I want him on the field, not the other guy. Because Peyton Manning is not just a good quarterback. He's a leader. There's a reason why there's a C on his jersey. He's a captain for that team. When it comes to our lives, there's a captain for our lives. Proverbs 3, 5, 6, one of my favorite scriptures. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. See, I believe that for some of us, while we're okay with seeking God in faith and building our relationship with God, the one struggle, the one we struggle with is completely trusting God with our lives because of our past foundations. Our past foundations that were built and maybe what happened when we experienced the storms in life. Maybe we put our trust in people or in circumstances and we lost. And we don't want to feel like we're going to lose again or maybe we feel like we want to just limit the pain we have to go through trying to rebuild and so we try to hold on to our lives keeping it in our hands but there is someone who we can trust to help us build a firm foundation someone who not has only who not only has all the experience in the world but has conquered it John 16 33 it says, I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart. I've conquered the world. You see, when we trust Jesus, we can already claim victory. When we put our faith in Jesus, we already know we're putting it in the hands of a winner who overcame everything and allows us to be part of that victory. You see, when we place our trust in Jesus, when we surrender our lives to him, we discover that he not only makes our foundation firm, but leads us to a life of meaning and purpose. And even when the rain comes, and the winds blow, and the floods rise, we remain standing in faith because it's Jesus that has become our foundation of faith and life. You see, what was interesting is last year was probably like the worst year of my life thus far. It started off with me losing my mom in January, and along the way, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. There were ups and downs everywhere. I mean, we're in this season of just lick. And so for me, last year was, I was just like, okay, Lord, you got me through that. 
this is coming up. Okay, you're going to go, oh, oh, okay. And so I remember, I was like, okay, I don't, I'm going to be very honest. I was one of those people who was like, okay, let 2021 be done already. Like, I want 2022 to come in. Yeah. And so it was all exciting. It comes to December. It's the month of Christmas. We're going to celebrate. Yeah. Christmas comes and okay. Then after Christmas, the Monday after Christmas, my wife says, I, I don't feel good. Okay. But what do you feel? I just, my throat. Okay. Well, well let's just get tested. Positive. Wow, it's been two, almost two years. And COVID has surrounded us, and now it's here in our home. Katie tested positive. What was weird is I didn't for the first day, second day. Then all of a sudden, I started having a mean headache, fever, body aches, chills. I go get tested positive. And it's right before New Year's. And in my mind, I'm going, really? Come on, God. Like, really? Like, this is horrible. And thank God, and, and thank God, and I'm truly grateful that for us, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It just felt like the flu. But can I be honest? That wasn't, that wasn't the part that shook my foundation. The physical side wasn't what, of COVID wasn't what shook my foundation. It was everything else. See, for me, when Katie took the test and they said she was positive, in my mind, I'm having all these scenarios now play out. I don't have to think about my kids who are not with us right now. They're at our grandparents' house. Do I let them stay there? Do I have them come home? What if, what if they're sick? What if I get them sick? I have to do all these things. Oh, we're all, we're all be, we're by these people, all this and that, all this and that. And, and then all of a sudden, although for the most of the time, I was like, okay, I know exactly where I'm at. When COVID hit our home, it shook our foundation. And then it was like, okay, well, you know, what about the kids? What about their school? What all oh, no, they're going to be home now? Like we all have to quarantine? How long do we quarantine? What is, what is the CDC saying? What is all this? What is all that? What's happening? Are these people okay? What about us? Is, what, are, what's going on? And it's just this whole Environment, this atmosphere of uncertainty and doubt, and I'm going to be honest, fear came and started shaking the very foundation in me. And I remember one night, I just didn't know what else to say. I didn't know what else to do. So I just sat in my chair at home and I was just reflecting, and I was like, really? Really? Lord, why? And all of a sudden, I heard him say, I'm still your foundation. You might feel like this, but I'm still here. You'll get through it. This too will pass. This was happening at the beginning of 2021. But look at what I did. Why? Because your foundation isn't in something. It's in someone. 
and that's me. And when I heard the Lord say that, I said, okay. See, here's the thing. You want to build a firm foundation? It's not what you're, it's not a what. It's a who. Again, Jesus said, Jesus said, no matter what our foundation may be, the rain will come, the winds will blow, the floods will rise. But what's most important is not what our foundation is, but who. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Can I say this right now? If you're here, whether you're online or here in person, and you're saying, man, I don't know, my foundation, my, my faith, I don't know if it's, it's, it's solid, I don't, know, I don't know. Can I say this to you? It's okay. Because Jesus still is faithful. You may be like, well, I, you might be like, well, I have dreams, I have goals, I have desires, and I have ambitions for my life, but well, what do I do now? Listen, before we can build up, we gotta focus on what we're building on. Because without a firm foundation, nothing will stand when you go through life storms. When we seek wise guidance from the Lord, when we use the right tools to develop and, and build our relationship with God, and when we trust in who Jesus is, we not only build a firm foundation, but identify who is our firm foundation. As we start this brand new year, yeah, we're 19 days into the brand new year. Maybe you're like, oh, I had all these goals, dreams, ambitions, all that, and I failed. Listen, it's okay. Come back to the foundation of who Christ is. There's nothing firmer. First Corinthians actually says that the foundation is Jesus Christ, and upon it, nothing else can be laid. But we have to come back. You might be going, well, this is a really simple message. This is, I, I know already to build a firm foundation. And, and to be honest, that's what I was struggling with earlier today. But if that's you, I want to let you know that Jesus is saying, it's, okay, it's one thing to know, it's one thing to do. He's calling you and I to come back to him and allow him to be our firm foundation in our lives for our faith and for everything else. You know, one of the stories that my mom uh, used to tell me when I was a kid, was a bedtime story, was the story of the three little pigs. And I think many of us, we know that story, right? Three little pigs, you know, they leave home and they go, find, they go into the woods and they find all these various items and they build their house. And what happens? A big bad wolf comes and he huffs and he puffs and he blows the house down. And I remember my mom using that story many times when I was a kid to get me to go to bed. Well, now that I'm a parent... I tell my kids the same thing. And I, I tell them, for, I use, now I use all five little pigs. And I use all my children as part of the story. And I remember this one time, I was telling it to my, to my kids. And Caitlin, who's our oldest, who's going to be nine next, next week. I remember telling her a story. And I was like, okay, well, once upon a time, there were five little pigs. And their mommy and daddy said, okay, it's time for you guys to move out and find your own place. Build your own home. And so the five little pigs ventured out the, the first oldest pig, and my kids already know. They already know the setup. They already know that the first pig is going to get the worst building situation. The last pig is going to get the best. And so I go, okay, the first little pig named Caitlin found this and that. And so Caitlin's already going, oh. like, I already know this is going to end, Dad. 
And so I continue, okay, Caitlin, Brianne, Adrian, Leah, and Luke. And so I said numerous things. I think I said they ventured into a, a Candyland forest, and Caitlin had gumdrops, and Brianne had candy canes, and uh, Adrian had lollipops, and Leah had jello, and Luke had jawbreakers. And so already, as soon as they say jawbreakers, Caitlin, a- Brianne, and Adrian already know that's not fair, Dad. Luke's gonna get, Luke has the best one. Like the big bad wolf cannot break a jawbreaker. And so I tell the story, and so I say, okay, the big bad wolf comes to Caitlin's house, blows the house down. Brianne, Adrian, Leah. So they all run to Luke's house. And I can see it in my, my kids' eyes, Caitlin, Brianne, Adrian. And they're like, all right, okay, Dad. Okay, just finish the story already. We'll go sleep. Okay, so they all get to Luke's house, and build out of jawbreakers, and the big bad wolf comes, and he huffs, and he puffs, and he blows his house down. I was like, but he doesn't, but dad, he doesn't blow the house because it's, it's, it's the best one, it's the strongest one. I'm like, really? Well, here's what happens in this story. The big bad wolf comes to Luke's house. He says, let me, piggy, piggy, let me in. Or I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. He huffs, he puffs, and he blows the house down. And Caitlin's like, what? Like, huh? And so I said, so all now, all five little piggies run because they're being chased by the big bad wolf. Where do they run to? They run back to mom and dad's house. So the five little piggies tell the mommy and daddy piggy what happened. Dad, 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 there's, there's a big bad wolf and he blew all our houses down. He's going to come here. He must eat us. Ah. And so there's a knock on the door. Piggy, piggy, piggies, let me in, let me in. And so the daddy piggy says, nope. I'm about to hair on my chinny chin chin. He's all huffing, I'll puff, and I'll blow your house down. So he huffs, he puffs, and he blows, but nothing happens. He tries again, he huffs, and he puffs, and he blows, but nothing happens. And so I can see it as I'm sharing this. My, my older kids are like, what's going on? Like, they never heard this version of the story. This is the extended cut. He huffs, and he puffs, and he... And finally, the big bad wolf, he huffs and he puffs and nothing happens. And now the big bad wolf is all exhausted. So the daddy pig opens the door. He says, eh, you can blow all the out of my kids. <laughs> well, let me tell you, the strongest foundation is your dad. And the daddy pig winds up and knocks the big bad wolf out of there. Screaming, running with his tail between his legs. And as soon as they say that, Caitlin, Brianne, and Adrian, and Leon Luke, they're all like, yeah! And I looked, at, I looked at them and I said this, listen, no matter what happens in life, just know you can always come back to mommy and daddy to be your foundation. No matter what happens, we can always come back to the Father because He is our firm foundation. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Lord, we come before you tonight, Lord, and Lord, we just thank you so much that as we enter a new year, as we go into this, this new adventure, that, Lord, we don't go through it alone. That, Lord, although we have goals and dreams and ambitions for our lives, Lord, It's not what we build up, it's who we build our lives upon. And so, Lord, I pray right now that for some of us, maybe 
we are brand new to this. Or maybe we've been doing this for years upon years, decades upon decades. But Lord, this is a call to come back to you, to allow you to be our firm foundation. That Lord, we would choose you, that would seek your wise guidance, that we would use the right tools, that we would trust in who you are. Lord, you said, it doesn't matter the foundation because storms of life will come. But what's important is who we choose to be our foundation. And so Lord, our hearts cry out, Lord, would you be that foundation as we receive you into our lives. That Lord, we would spend time in your word and in prayer, that we would seek you out for all that you have for us. And that Lord, we would surrender our lives, every single part of it to you because we can trust in you because you have overcome and are victorious. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Continue to build our relationship as you continue to be our foundation. We pray for all this in Jesus' name and we all said, amen, amen. Don't forget, build your firm foundation on Jesus because he is the firm foundation. God bless you guys. We love you guys. We'll see you guys Sunday morning, 7, 8.30, and 10 o'clock. Have a great night. God bless. Aloha.